You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is the 415ers podcast three times a week. This week, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, usually Mondays, Wednesday, and Friday on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network. Evan Giddings and Mark Grandy with you as always. Well, I can tell you which offense was not one-dimensional last night. It was the San Francisco 49ers with a gun slinging Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> in the saddle. Now, okay, look, it, it, the numbers weren't anything to, to write home about 16 to 27, 240 yards thereabouts, one touchdown, and most importantly, zero turnovers from Jimmy Garoppolo. But he did spread the ball around. I mean, I, I don't know, honestly, how we've gotten this far in the podcast and have not mentioned Debo Samuel's Tecmo oh, Bowl type 57-yard touchdown play. But Debo Samuel had 16 for a buck 15, seven targets. Ayuk had, had four targets. Kittle had four targets. Juwan Jennings had four targets. And in going back to our original you know, uh, theory that this, this has to be the recipe for success for the 49ers, look, about 25 pass attempts a game for Jimmy Garoppolo. Keep things short. Keep things intermediate. Keep things yak. Like, in the passing game, the 49ers, to me, demonstrated... I think I do think they have another level. I do think they can get better. But if they play that brand of football with the way that their defense is playing, it is the ultimate complementary team. And again, it's the reason why I think a lot of people were so high on this group, even when Trey Lance was the quarterback at the beginning of the season, because you need to do as an offense just enough, and that will get you to a win with how good your defense is. Now that Jimmy's back in the saddle, he needs to do just enough. Last night, he did just enough, and they won by 15 points, finally getting some help on defense with points. So technically, all right, 17 for the offense. But even if you're around 20 per game, to me, this is a defense that is not going to allow 20-plus points to most offenses, if any, throughout this season. And if you're going to be telling me that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be capable of you know, a touchdown or two, maybe not an interception, and you're running the ball relatively effectively. I know last night it was about 22 carries, 88 yards as a whole, but they did enough to keep pressure off of him and keep the pass rush off of Jimmy Garoppolo. I I like the 49ers' chances in virtually any single game if this is the way that they can play moving forward. Yeah, I'm with you. I think the key is something you mentioned briefly there as well. It's the yards after catch that this Niners offense is able to to get and a lot of that is thanks to just Debo Samuel's unique ability as a pass catcher and, and as a runner, a carrier of the football. I mean, you look at Garoppolo's 239 passing yards, 193 of them. That's 81%. 81% of Jimmy Garoppolo's passing yards were from yards after the catch. And you can thank Debo Samuel for that almost by himself. He had two really long catch and runs. One of them went for that 57-yard touchdown that I think left everyone's jaw on the floor across the entire Bay Area, including ours. We're watching, you know, at the 95-7 the game studios. That was just an absolutely incredible catch and run from Debo Samuel. One where when Garoppolo throws it, you might be thinking, oh, oh God, that might be intercepted, but he put it nice and high away from the defender. He saw the defender crashing on Debo's route and, and threw it up high where the defender couldn't get it, only where Debo could get it. But I didn't think in his wildest dreams, he thought that one would go for a 57-yard touchdown. 
and he has Debo Samuel to thank for that and Debo Samuel to thank for that alone. Uh, but the yards after the catch are the key for the 49ers offensively because that is when they've been at their best. When Kyle Shanahan can scheme up those openings in the passing game, he gets balls to his playmakers in space. It didn't happen with George Kittle like I was expecting in this game, but it happened with Debo Samuel. And you, you give him just an ounce of space, he's going to give you at least 15 or 20 yards as a result. And he turned one of them into 57 yards, which was just absolutely ridiculous. But Garoppolo, the key is, is efficiency. He's going to be up around 200 yards passing most of the game, most games. But generally speaking, a high amount of those yards should be yards after catch. And if they are, it means this Niners offense is working how Kyle Shanahan is designing it to. Because we've talked about it all podcast long, past episodes. This 49er offense and Kyle Shanahan, they just simply do not trust. They don't have the ability to throw the ball deep down the field and get those air yards as they're called. But they do have the ability to scheme openings up over the middle, 10, 15 yards down the field, and then run with the ball after that. And last night, 81% of those passing yards coming after the catch. I think that is you know, an ultimate symptom that this Niners offense is humming and running well. That, of course, along with the run game. And, and we saw, I think, some more uh, flashes of that on Monday night as well. Well, statistically, there wasn't a lot of George Kittle, but there could have been, could have had a touchdown. Yeah. And in fact, that one throw by Jimmy Garoppolo, I know everyone is is making the fact that, okay, Ayuk was open in the flat. To me, that's a more risky throw, especially with Jalen Ramsey over there, a guy that can turn an interception into points. And you're not, you'd want to do everything you can to not turn the ball over on the goal line. I thought that throw to George Kittle was absolutely beautiful. There's an angle, uh, I I forget who it was that put it out on Twitter, but him throwing over the top of two defenders and yeah. laying the ball in beautifully to Kittle. Perfect. That was a fantastic pass. He also missed a few. Look, I mean, there's a, I think a third and 10 on their second drive of the game, our second drive of the second quarter on a third and 10, he overthrows Juwan Jennings. Uh, the the drive before Juwan Jennings dropped the ball on third down. Um, you know, I, I know that he had uh, at the beginning of the second half, Garoppolo had used check open on a go route that he missed him. Um, you know, th there was definitely some throws and plays that the offense could have wanted back. So to me, that's also why I believe there is another level to this offense and maybe even to Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm not saying he's going to start throwing for 300 yards a game immediately, but I do think there is a next step for him, especially considering the leap we saw him make just from last week to this. Some of that has to be familiarity to me with the Los Angeles Rams. He has been able to play well against them before. It looked like he, right from the get-go, he seemed more comfortable in the pocket. He rips it to Ayuk down on that first drive. They convert their first third down of the game compared to missing on their first nine against Denver. There just seemed to be more of a rhythm to the passing game as well as complementing it with the running game and Jeff Wilson Jr., who got the majority of those carries last night. And look, I, I I said it in jest, but as far as Jimmy G gunslinging and throwing the ball around the field, like to me, I I, I like to see that. I like to see I like to see Kyle get his quarterback into a rhythm early in the game, especially considering most teams are probably expecting you to try and pound the ball. There was some conservative play calling in the second half once you got up, and then you try and you know put the ball on the ground, create first downs while running clock. But to me, I thought the fact that Jimmy G was allowed to throw the ball. Early in the game, and the fact that he also did complete passes 
really allowed the offense to kind of, you know, then get creative with the passing game. And especially, and I know you want time to talk about this, Mark, get creative with the running game. Yes, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I wanted to get to it right now. I mean, I think Kyle Shanahan, we, we talked about it a lot last week and throughout the season. The run game seems to have gotten a little bit stale. It, it's pretty predictable. Debo Samuel in the backfield, Debo Samuel is going to get the ball. He only had two carries, two yards. So, I mean, that did not work. They didn't stick with it. They didn't try to make it work. But they made work what has worked for Kyle Shanahan in the past. It is creative runs. And I'm going to nerd out here a little bit with this 32-yard touchdown run by Jeff Wilson Jr. in the first half. Niners down 3-0, first and 10 from the Rams' 32-yard line. And this play is what we call a wing motion to toss, but there's a wham block mixed in on the nose tackle. So... For football nerds, this is just like enough to give you the chills when you watch all of this work together. So I'm salivating. One... <laughs> so, okay, let's let's go through the formation. Garoppolo's under center. Jeff Wilson Jr. alone in the backfield. There's a tight end on either side of the formation. Kittle's a tight end on the right. He moves in motion from right to left. That's with the play. The play is going to go to the left side. That's the wing motion part of this play. And he becomes Jeff Wilson Jr.'s lead blocker, essentially. And then it's an inside toss to the left side to Wilson. And just as Wilson is catching the toss, the tight end on the left side, this time it's Charlie Warner, he's moving over to the right, opposite of the way the play is moving. So from left to right. And his job is to lay the wham block on the nose tackle. That's what the wham play is. When you have someone moving against the grain of the play, taking out the nose tackle in the middle of the offense. And it works because the nose tackle doesn't see him coming because the center, Jake Brendel, initially starts blocking the nose tackle before moving on to someone else. When Brendel moves off that nose tackle, the nose tackle is thinking, all right, I'm home free. I see Jeff Wilson Jr. with the ball. I got him. I can take him out. And before he realizes it's a trap, the tight end Warner is already knocking him back and suddenly a hole opens up. And what that really does is it splits the defense in half. Suddenly everyone to the right of that nose tackle where Charlie Warner has taken him out is out of the play for at least the first five yards. This is guaranteed five, six, seven yards as long as the left side of the offensive line don't lose their blocks. And they end up winning. The left guard, Aaron Banks, he takes on the front side linebacker while the left tackle, Colton McKivitz, he takes uh, on the edge rusher on the play side, that, that left side. And then what springs it even further is Spencer Burford, the rookie right guard, who he wins his first matchup on the right side. And then he's able to get to the second level and he takes out two other Rams, including star linebacker Bobby Wagner. That's what springs this for a touchdown. Even without that, it was going for seven, eight, nine, maybe 10 yards. But Spencer Burford's effort to get to the second level to finish off the rest of the defense, it allows Wilson to run 32 yards untouched for a touchdown. And you think of everything that went into that play, the motion by Kittle, the lead blocker, the wham block by uh, Warner, set up by the quick show by the, the center, Brendel, and then Burford getting to the second level. All of that has to work. All of it has to be timed to perfection. And then Jeff Wilson Jr. has to see it, read it, react, and actually run through it. And all of it happened at once. It is a play you don't see often. You see the wham concept often in the run game at the NFL level. 
but you don't necessarily see it with wing motion, with a toss to the left side. And it was just Kyle Shanahan digging deep into his bag of tricks and pulling off one of the more incredible run game, run plays we've seen from him this year. 32 yards untouched by Jeff Wilson Jr. Everyone executed perfectly, and the result is six points. A phenomenal breakdown. I encourage all of you to go watch that play. I, I Really, the thing that caught my eye when you sent me the video was, was Burford, just clearing the way. I know yeah. a lot of different things have to go right before that, but the ability of the young Burford to get to the second level immediately and just steamroll multiple guys, clearing the way, essentially the last line for Jeff Wilson Jr. to walk in untouched was, was just phenomenal. Uh, also, something you mentioned, too, a little bit before that, I thought was interesting, at least caught my eye as we prepare to wrap up this podcast. The fact that Kyle Shanahan, as a play caller, specifically in the running game, and maybe this was the plan all along, but I thought he also showed us a willingness to adjust. He's a big process guy, but the fact that twice in the first quarter, he gave the ball to Debo Samuel, who we talked about last week and a couple weeks before how there had been sort of, you know, defenses had been able to read and be honed in on Debo. The runs for him had been more predictable. Well, Early on in the game, they were predictable. I think he had a run for one yard and a run for negative one or zero yards. He ended up with a couple of carries in that game for a total of two yards. So one one yard per run. Kyle Shanahan didn't go to him the rest of the game. Yep, He did not use him as a running back the rest of the game. He found different ways to get Debo Samuel his best weapon, arguably the best and most creative weapon in football, the ball. So to me, there was also, I think, some growth that I saw in the running game from Shanahan, recognizing what was working, what wasn't early. And to your point, maybe recognizing, okay, if we set up these different plays with the run, then we'll have a chance to break out big with something like a 32-yard dash a la Jeff Wilson Jr. Yep, I agree. And I know we, we got to get out here, but I do have one more quick note. I saw uh, Matt Mayoko, he tweeted Monday night. He saw Trent Williams after the game. He was in an orthopedic walking boot for the high ankle sprain he sustained against Denver on Sunday night. Uh, in spite of that, he looked to be getting around pretty well, says Mayo Mayoko. And uh, apparently Trent Williams told him, quote, I'll be back in no time. So make of that what you will. Uh, I know Kyle Shanahan has, has said we're not really sure when he's going to be back. Surgery is not needed, but we're not really sure about whether he'll go on IR if if you're you know trusting Trent Williams, it seems like he he's not worried about you know long term when he'll be back. So that's obviously good news. But this run game and the offensive line, I thought, did a, a very very good job last night, especially considering they're going up against one of the best defensive players this game has ever seen in Aaron Donald. They held up very very well. Colton McKibbitts went down with an injury in the game. Jalen Moore stepped in and he filled in pretty nicely as well. So uh, we certainly hope McKibbitts isn't out for too long, but. Uh, Niners offensive line still played pretty well despite some tough circumstances. Well, they hit the road for their, I believe, only East Coast swing as far as back-to-back -back weeks of the season, right? They get this Carolina the last on the time, road. I think this is the last time they'll be out of the Pacific time zone, believe it or yeah, not. Yeah, so they head to Carolina this weekend and then Atlanta on the road next weekend. Uh, so two very winnable games upcoming for the 49ers. That's another part two that we'll get into on Wednesday. The fact that now at two and two, not that you're certainly playing with house money, but you're on track of where you need to be. And that's, I think, where I want to pick up next time on the 415ers podcast. We appreciate all of you tuning in. 
three times a week, this week on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, normally Mondays, Wednesday, and Friday on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network. Download, rate, and subscribe. Give us five stars wherever you get your podcasts. My name, my name is Evan Giddings. That is Mark Grandy. Mark, thank you, sir. And to our audience, we appreciate you. We'll talk to you next time. Go Niners. They're back even. They beat the Rams. They're back in it. 